Welcome to the Church for All Nations podcast, streaming live from Tacoma, Washington. We're so excited you joined us today. We hope you're encouraged by this week's message. Yes. Hey, this morning we're continuing our November series, and you just saw it. Gratitude changes everything. Gratitude changes everything. We believe that as a church with all of our hearts. Why? Because we've seen it play out in the lives of people that call Church for All Nations their home. And so it's a wonderful thing. And last week, we talked a little bit about how gratitude changes how we see things. Meaning, there's always a perspective shift that takes place when we begin to pursue seeing things through the lenses of gratitude. I want to be a person that has a grateful heart and to be known by that. It's a beautiful thing. Today, I want to talk for the next couple of minutes on this thought. That is gratitude changes how we face and approach the battles of this life. How, how many know what I'm talking about? That there are battles, <laughs> there are, is opposition, there are mountains that we face in this world. Jesus, Jesus said, hey, he confirmed it. He said, yeah, in this life, you're gonna have troubles and, and there's gonna be opposition, but take heart. I'll walk with you through that stuff. And, and, and not, only, not only are we gonna have to face these things and so many of us are facing these oppositions and these battles even right now in this season, I'm telling you right now, we can, we can pursue them with a grateful heart. And when we do that, it actually changes the makeup of, of the perceived battle. I'm telling you right now. And I wanna talk about that today because man, I don't know if you're like me, it feels like 2020 has just been one giant battle. You, you know what I'm talking about? You're like, amen, preach that pastor. So today, if you're like me, and we still got a few more months left in this year, I'm telling you, not only can we get through it together, but we could thrive and we can grow. And part of that is pursuing gratuity in Jesus' name. And by the way, we have had an, uh, really an anchor verse that's connected to this series. We, we try to do that with all of our series here at Church for All Nations, like kind of a core passage of scripture that we can kind of work off of. And so our verse passage of scripture comes from 1 Thessalonians 5, 18. And I want you to know, uh, we unpacked all of its uh, context last week. And so if, 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 if by any chance you've missed that, that teaching, you can go online and, and check it out. But here's, here's what the scripture says. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Let me just read it one more time. Scripture says, give thanks in all, someone shout, in all, right? In all circumstances, in the middle of a global pandemic. Scripture says, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And I want you to know, this does not come naturally. This takes work. This is a spiritual discipline that we must pursue. And when I think about this passage of scripture, my mind instantaneously goes to a story in Acts chapter 16, where maybe you remember Paul and Silas, they're doing the Lord's work. They're going from town to town and they're preaching the gospel and people are getting healed and set free. And 
In this particular story in Acts chapter 16, Paul and Silas find themselves in a town and they're being harassed by a woman who is demon-possessed. And finally, you can read, you can read the, ent- the entirety of the story, but Paul finally turns around and casts the demon out of this demon-possessed woman and she's set free in that moment. The only caveat to that was she was owned owned by a business, if you will, and that business would use her to tell, you know, tell people's fortunes and, and all of that weirdness and whatnot. And that, that upset them because that business now was shut down because she had been set free by the power of God. And so here they are, they're doing good things. They're doing what God wants them to do, what they've been called to do. And because of it, they end up getting thrown into prison. And while they're in that prison, Scripture says they were beat up real bad. They were put in stocks, pitch black, rats chewing out their open wounds. Scripture says, and you can read it for yourself, Paul essentially looks over to Silas and says, hey man, <laughs> uh, let's sing. <laughs> let's give God praise. Let's worship him. And Scripture says that they begin to worship God in that midnight hour surrounded by chaos and pain and no no hope, if you will. They didn't know what tomorrow would hold for them, maybe even the next couple of hours. And in the middle of that, instead of complaining or feeling bad for themselves or where are you, God? They made a conscious decision to extend gratitude to God for who he was. And in that moment, scripture says that, the, that the, there was an earthquake and the, and, and the doors opened up and they were set free And scripture goes on to say, not only were they set free physically, but the guard and and his family, all these people came to Christ through this act of thankfulness and gratefulness and worship and praise unto God. And we see this happen time and time and time, over and over again in the Bible, where the Lord shows up on people's behalf due to their grateful hearts, their thanksgiving and praise unto him. And so I want to look at a passage of scripture, really a story in 2 Chronicles. This is in the Old Testament. And I want to show you three lessons about gratitude that will help us in our battles in times of difficulty, all right? So if you're feeling overwhelmed today, you know, if you feel like the battles have caved in on you and you feel like I can't, I can't seem to get through this. I'm gonna give you a few strategies that are connected to this word gratitude that will help you, help you overcome. Uh, at the time in history, we find ourselves here in 2 Chronicles, starting in chapter 19, Jehoshaphat is king of Judah and he's leading God's people. Let's go to the text and we'll read it and talk a little bit about it. 2 Chronicles chapter 19, starting in verse 4, says this. Jehoshaphat lived in Jerusalem. He went out again among the people. He went from Beersheba to the hill country of Ephraim. He turned the people back to the Lord, the God of Israel. If you have your Bible, just underline that. He turned the people back to the Lord, the God of Israel, meaning God's people had turned away from God. And in so doing that, it led to moral corruption and injustice. And so 
What did Jehoshaphat do? Look at this, verse five. It says, Jehoshaphat appointed judges in the land. So what did he do to help turn the people back to God? He restored justice within the land. He restored morality. He got the people's eyes off of themselves and got them back on God and justice flowed. It was part of Jehoshaphat's calling and assignment. And we can even stop right there. That's what we're called to do for people as followers of Jesus, as leaders in our community. We are supposed to bring justice where we don't, we don't see it. Speak up for those that can't speak up for themselves. But look at here, amazing thing that happens here. Uh, jump to chapter 20, 2 Chronicles, 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse one. It says this, after that, so here he is, Jehoshaphat restores justice and um, God's moral law and, and good things are happening. But look what happens. It says after that, or as a result of <laughs> the Moabites, Ammonites and some Ammonites went to war against Jehoshaphat. And that's the first lesson we need to understand about how gratitude changes the way we battle is number one, gratitude attracts attacks. Come on, somebody, write that down right now. Gratitude always attracts attacks. Meaning the more you look to God and the more you do God's will, the more it attracts war in the spirit and this should not surprise you. You say, pastor, man, I'm, I'm doing everything God's telling me to do. I'm pursuing him. I showed up this morning, right? But I, I feel like I'm just getting beat down and I don't know why. I'm here to tell you right now, this is how it goes. Gratitude attracts attacks. The enemy doesn't like what you're doing, brother. And so what does he do? He comes at you so you can expect it. I remember uh, when I was a, I was a kid, uh, I went on a trip with my parents, my brothers, and we drove here in Tacoma all the way to San Diego, like a road trip. Now that was the only time we ever did that because I think it, it pretty much almost killed my parents, right? They're just like, why did we, what were we doing? Anyway, we did that family road trip all the way to San Diego. And part of that trip was we were gonna go to SeaWorld, right? You know, the big killer whales and, you know, all that stuff and Shamu and all that stuff. By the way, at the time, it seemed like culture, like it was okay. Obviously it wasn't okay, but we didn't understand that at the time. Anyway, we were there and I remember going there and, 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 uh, and going to the, the killer whale show, right? And we, you know, the place was packed and, and we were kind of up high a little bit. And we we're sitting there and I noticed, my, my dad and I were sitting there, I noticed that there were some open seats down front. And I thought, I said, dad, you know, it's open seat. Why, why don't we go down there? Because man, that's a way better seat than here. I mean, there were just like, like four rows. You know, no one's sitting there. And my dad started laughing at me. He said, oh, son, you, you, don't, you don't want to sit there. And I said, what are you talking about? We'll be right up close to the glass. And he said, son, notice what it says, the little sign there. I said, what does it say? It said in red, it said, beware, splash zone. And I thought to myself, what? He said, oh, yeah, if you sit there, son, 
you're going to get splashed. And it isn't nice water, it's salt water, man. And killer whale water, you know what I'm talking about? You don't want to do that, right? And I said, okay, if you, if you say so. But what do you think happened just a few minutes later? A whole family comes walking in, right? And we're watching them. And now everybody's kind of, all the seats are taken. The only section is the splash zone, right? And, and I, I can remember everyone, now everyone's attention was on this family. Were they going to leave or were they going to sit in the splash zone? You know what I'm talking about? We were like, and I remember, I remember sitting there, I, I was probably like 13. I was like, please sit in the splash zone. Please. I, I, like the whole entire show, I won't even be paying attention to the, the whales. I'm just going to wait for these people to get destroyed, Right. Sure enough, they sit down and, and then like, they're not, they're just like, they're just kind of like oblivious, like, like, like they're like, <laughs> look at these seats. You people are idiots. You know what I mean? Like, look at it, you know? And we're just like, and now everyone's just like, splash zone, splash zone. They are goners. They are, you know what I mean? And we're just like, you can just feel it, right? Sure enough, man, we're about 10 minutes into the show and Shamu's going back and forth. I'm like, he, he's gonna, he's gonna destroy this poor family, right? Sure enough, he came out of that and like, you know, and and that water just went whoo, flying over. And it wasn't the splash. I found out it wasn't the splash zone. It was the deluge zone. I'm talking like half of the tank of water just came over the side. And they were just like, whew. And I'll never forget their reaction. It wasn't like, ha, 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 I love it. I knew this was going to happen. It was like they were mortified. They were like, ah, how could have this, how did this happen? Are you kidding me? Why God? And the whole place is like, ah, you idiots, right? Like, what were you thinking? Everyone in the whole place, we knew, right? If anyone was going to sit there, you know, you can expect to get wasted by the killer whale water, right? We knew it was going to happen. We expected that to happen. And really, this is exactly what happens to Paul and Silas. They knew exactly the reaction that potentially could come their way for simply doing the Lord's work. I mean, read the life of Paul. Read about the apostles. Everywhere, every city they go, they're like, all right, let's go into it. They get arrested. They get beat up. And what do they do? They quit. Nope. They come back for some more. There's one story where Paul, he gets beaten up so bad that the perpetrators assume he's dead. And scripture says that after they leave, he gets up, brushes himself off and walks back to the city and keeps preaching the gospel. You see, Paul understood that when you're pursuing the Lord's work, when you're worshiping through the pain when you're giving him praise, no matter what the doctor's report says, what pandemic you're in, if you're a person who's full of a heart of gratitude for who God is, the enemy doesn't like that because the enemy knows that you've tapped into truth and real freedom. And so what does he do? He sends all kinds of things your way. And my friend right now, you gotta just expect that it's coming. I don't, I don't say that to get you afraid or just, I'm just saying, when it comes, just know, yep, I'm doing, hey, yep, I know it. 
This is what happens, man. I read it all throughout scripture. My, 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 my grandmother loved Jesus her whole life. Half of her life was just like opposition and all that. What is that all about? This is what we can expect as followers of Jesus. And, and, and so Paul and Silas, they weren't, they weren't caught off guard by this. They kind of knew that this is potentially going to happen to them and they were prepared for it. And that's what we got to be willing and ready to do and be is be prepared. What's interesting about this story, going back to Jehoshaphat, Jehoshaphat was one of those that actually was caught off guard. He's restoring justice and pointing people back to God. And scripture just said his enemies heard about it and they weren't happy about it and they were coming after him. And says Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse three, it says, Joseph, Jehoshaphat he was alarmed. He's like, wait a second. I didn't know I was in the splash zone. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I didn't know this was coming. But, 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 but look what he does, even in the midst of being afraid and alarmed. Look what, he, look what happens here. Scripture says that he was alarmed, so he took off running and his whole life turned into chaos and he just quit. It's not what he did. Scripture says he decided to ask the Lord for advice. He told all the people of Judah to go without eating, meaning he called for a, for a, for a public fast, a, a, a time of fasting and seeking God. In the midst of him being afraid and alarmed, he pointed his direction to the Lord. He worshiped through it. He went to God. He stayed the course. And he says, we gotta pray. We gotta pray, we gotta do this right here. My friend right now, in the midst of your anxiety and fear and chaos, maybe you're alarmed right now. I encourage you, do what the word says. Go to the Lord for advice. Get, get, get into Christian community. Like don't run away from Church for All Nations, get closer, right? Get, get together with your brothers and sisters, right? Maybe you gotta get together with your small group and say, hey, fellas, we're gonna fast for a couple of days here and seek God and give it to him. This is what Jehoshaphat does because gratitude attracts Attack. So here's the second, that's the first lesson. The second lesson we need to understand concerning how gratitude changes the way we battle is gratitude seeks God's strategies. Let me say it one more time. Gratitude seeks God's strategies. Jehoshaphat knew that the Lord was the one that he had to seek. And he also knew the exponential power that unity brings. There, there's power when we come together as brothers and sisters, instead of dividing ourselves. There are, there's, there's supernatural godly power when we link arms and say, no, 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 devil. We're coming together right now. We are here on purpose. God has a plan and scripture confirms it and specifically in this story, look at verse four. It says, the people, underline this, came together. They unified themselves to ask the Lord for help. In fact, they came from every town in Judah to pray to him. Listen, the enemy knows the power of unity too. He knows the power of unity too. And that's why he's working overtime right now to try to divide the church. I'm telling you, if, if, he can, if he can get, if he can just snake his way into, into the middle of God's people and, and, and begin to divide us, we'll, we'll, we end up tearing each other apart. 
And the, and the enemy's just like, hey, look at this. They're, they're doing it to themselves. He knows the power of unity, the power of unity too. And, 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 and in the middle of, of, of that call to unified prayer and seeking God, Je- Jehoshaphat knows exactly how to lead out. Let's go to the text and I've got a pretty big chunk of it. As I read it, just allow it to illuminate in your spirit. Second Chronicles 20, verse five, it says, then Jehoshaphat stood up in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem at the temple of the Lord in the front of the new courtyard and said, Lord, the God of our ancestors, are you not the God who is in heaven? You rule over all the kingdoms of the nations. Power and might are in your hand and no one can withstand you. Verse seven, our God, did you not drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and give it forever to the descendants of Abraham, your friend? They have lived in it and have built it in, a, in, it, uh, in it a sanctuary for your name saying, if calamity comes upon us, whether the sword of judgment or plague, hello, or famine, we will stand in your presence before this temple that bears your name and will cry out to you in our distress and you will hear us and save us. This this is the word of the Lord today. Gratitude, leading the seeking with thanksgiving. And then he asked the Lord what to do. And scripture says, They waited for his response. Then he spoke, verse 14. Then the spirit of the Lord came on Jehazel, son of Zechariah, the son of Benaiah, the son of Jael, the son of Matniah, a Levite, and a descendant of Asaph. By the way, we're gonna go back to that right there. Descendant of Asaph, that's important. I'm gonna close with a thought with him. As he stood in the assembly, he said, Listen, King Jehoshaphat and all who live in Judah and Jerusalem, this is what the Lord says to you. Now, underline what he says here. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Verse 16. Tomorrow, march down against them. They will be climbing up the pass of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the gorge in the desert of Jeruel. You will not have to fight this battle. Take up your positions, stand firm, and see the deliverance the Lord will give you. Judah and Jerusalem, do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Go out to face them tomorrow, and the Lord will be with you. You still have to face the battle. That's what I want you to know, friends. You still got to face it. You can't avoid it. But God says, you know what? You face it, I'll handle it. I'm gonna fight in your behalf right here, but I need you to partner with me here. This this is a growing moment for you. You're gonna get stronger because you faced it, but I'm actually gonna end it, right? And then the scripture says that they responded with even more gratitude. I can only imagine. That from God? All right, Lord, we pray. Thank you. Thank you, God. Look at this. Verse 18, Jehoshaphat bowed down with his face to the ground. Humility, it's a posture. And all the people of Judah and Jerusalem fell down in worship before the Lord. Then some Levites from the Kohathites and the Korathites stood up and underlined it, praise the Lord. 
the God of Israel with a very loud voice. Verse 20, early in the morning, they left for the desert of Tekoa. As they set out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, listen to me, Judah and people of Jerusalem. Have faith in the Lord your God and you will be upheld. Have faith in his prophets and you will be successful. Verse 21, after consulting the people, meaning after he told them, after he said what was gonna happen, Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing to the Lord and to praise him for the splendor of his holiness as they went out at the head of the army saying, give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. Now, now we sing this, we have worship songs, give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. We, we, we quote that. Maybe you've been to your grandma's house and she has it in calligraphy written on the wall. Give thanks. But I want you to know right now, my friend, that was their battle cry. They were, they were going to war. And the battle, can you imagine all of those shouts? Give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. Number 300 where he kicks the dude. Ah! Next time you sing those lyrics, man, it's going to be praise break time, right? It's going to go down. Give thanks. That's the battle cry. And the Lord did more than they could ever have dreamed. And this is really the last lesson on how gratitude changes the way we battle as the band comes back. Gratitude releases residual results. So number one, gratitude attracts the attacks. Just got to know they're coming. Got to be ready. Got to know that the Lord's with you. He's even willing to fight the battle in your behalf. Gratitude seeks God's strategies. You got to go to him, but here it is. This is, this is the power of the blessing that God has. And that is gratitude releases residual results. Let's go to the scripture. As they began to sing in praise, the Lord set ambushes against the men of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir who were invading Judah and they were defeated. Now, now wait, don't, don't blow over that. Process that for a second. As they begin to sing in praise, the Lord set ambushes against Judah's enemies. Verse 23, the Ammonites and the Moabites rose up against the men from Mount Seir to destroy and annihilate them. After they finished slaughtering the men from Ser, they helped to destroy one another. What? Wait a second. So God sends ambushes to fight their enemies and the ones that the Lord allows to remain there, he just used to knock the other ones off. They're just singing away. And God sends ambushes against the enemies and then they just start killing each other. Someone needs to hear that this morning. You need to stop because you're watching right now and you may still have enemies around you. You may feel like you're getting teed off right and left. The enemy is winning, if you will, surrounding you. You can't seem to get over it. I, I wonder maybe if you're willing to take the posture 
of gratitude and to look to God. Maybe, just maybe, God will use your enemies to take each other out. You say, what, what, what do you mean? I've seen it happen before. Instead of you, you get your eyes on him. You put your focus on him. You don't, you don't get, and you know what will happen? They may just start taking each other out and it isn't even your fight at all anymore. That's who God is. And, and, and the thing about the, the results, the results, they can turn into residual results. You say, what are you talking about? I mean, that gratitude is the gift that keeps on giving, my friend. When we have hearts that are willing to be grateful, there's continual blessings and provision and favor that God brings that we know not of. This is how God's kingdom work, works. And scripture says that not one of the enemy escaped. In fact, you can read the rest of it. Literally, there was so much plunder <laughs> that Judah... Couldn't, they couldn't even collect it all. There was so much stuff. And then it says that they took another praise break. The battle was over. So they, come on, come on, Maverick City Music. Let's go right now. Fred Hammond, who, who's your worship leader? I don't know. Hillsong, come on, get it going. We, we just won the battle. We did nothing but just worship God. In fact, they did it in a valley and they named the valley, the Valley of Baraka, which translates the Valley of Praise. You can go check it out. In fact, there's a camp around here that I used to go to as a kid called Camp Baraka. Do you remember that, David? I would, and, I'm a camp, and we would worship there. I'm just telling you, this is, this is who God is. Look what scripture says, 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 29. The fear of God came on all, watch this. The fear of God came on all the surrounding kingdoms when they heard how the Lord fought against the enemies of Israel and the kingdom of Jehoshaphat was at peace for his God had given him rest on every side. This gratitude thing is powerful, my friends, but it takes practice it takes practice to be thankful, even when you think that God doesn't even seem to see you in a very personal light. This week, the Lord brought to my attention a pretty cool part of this passage of scripture and this story. You see, when the Lord chose to speak to his people in that moment where they were dealing with fear, you can only imagine anxiety, what's going to happen in that moment where they had a decision to make, where instead of retreating, instead of allowing those emotions to overrun them, they leaned in, they faced the battle and their weapon was one of praise. When they were willing to do that, verse 14 says that, God chose a guy, we just read about it, named Jehazel. And scripture says that Jehazel was a Levite. Essentially, he was a worship leader at that time. That's that, the house, the Levites, that was part of their duties within, within the, uh, uh, the tabernacle was to, to lead worship, to, to sacrifice all the different things. They were, they were like the worship leaders and the, the, uh, the, the songwriters. And scripture says that Jehazel was a descendant of Asaph. Why does that matter? Well, first of all, the name Jehazel means God 
sees. Let me say that again. Jehazel's name actually means God sees. It doesn't matter what you're facing right now, my friend. God sees you. If you don't hear anything else that I just said, I want you to hear that right now. You're in the middle of of, of some pain or chaos or fear. I want you to know that God sees you right where you're at. He loves you and he's willing to meet you right where where you're at. And, and, And he takes this crucial moment in scripture to remind, remind us of this. It's so important. But he doesn't stop there because that passage tells us that Jehazel was a descendant of Asaph. And you say, who was Asaph? Well, Asaph was one of the three Levites commissioned by David to be in charge of the praise and worship in God's house. So think about that. Here's Jehazel. He's a descendant of Asaph and Asaph was one of the Levites who was commissioned to put the worship team together. In fact, Asaph wrote a a handful handful of the Psalms. I I, I don't want you to miss this right here. So here's the worship leader, Asaph, his descendant, how many generations is that? I don't know off the top of my head, but he passed this, 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 this art, if you will, this pursuit of gratitude, this residual result onto his descendant, named Jehosel, whose name means God sees. And in fact, Psalm chapter 50, verse 14 and 15 says this. By the way, it's titled a Psalm of Asaph. All right, look what it says. Sacrifice, thank offerings to God. Underline that. I'm gonna read it again. Asaph said, Sacrifice thank offerings to God. Fulfill your vows to the Most High and call on me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you and you will honor me. When does our gratitude matter the most? When being thankful is a sacrifice. Asaph says, you're gonna have to offer up a sacrifice of praise. Asaph knew this, he taught this, and his decision to be grateful, to teach gratitude to his lineage, even had residual results, meaning this thing got passed down generation from generation to generation to where God used Asaph's descendants. And where did that start? It started with Asaph saying, even when I don't feel like it, even when it's hard, even when there's a global pandemic, even when the doctor's report report is too overwhelming, even when I don't know how I'm gonna pay that bill come Thursday, I'm gonna lift up a sacrifice of praise. I'm not gonna retreat from the face of my enemy. I'm gonna stand in the face of my enemy and I'm gonna give the battle to the Lord because it's not even mine to begin with. It's His. I'm gonna focus on Him. I'm gonna give Him praise. I'm gonna give Him gratitude for who He is and look what happens. Not only will you see results in your own life, my sister, not only will you see it begin to come to you through the power of God for you, my brother, it'll pass down from your kid to their kid to their kid and because of your faithfulness in the middle of the pain, in the middle of the battle, it will be passed down to your great, great, great grandkids. Let it start today. You say, Pastor, that that sounds great. 
But like, I don't have a family lineage like that. Let it start today, my friend. It can start with you right now. I, I, you know, we, we, we talk about uh, generational type, we, we use the word curses or blessings or what have you. I, I believe some of that exists and I believe right now that that can be broken in Jesus' name, whatever that looks like in your own life. And you can begin, you can begin to pass down the blessing of gratitude and its results to the next generation. How we battle matters and gratitude changes how we battle. Come on, bow your heads, even if you're in your man cave right now. Maybe you're in the break room. You can just kind of bow your head if you want to. You don't have to, but however you can just take a moment where it's just you and God. Do that right now. Just allow God's word. We just read it. We just unpacked it. My, my prayer is that it would take root in your heart, that these principles that aren't mine, they're just pulled from God's word. Allow them to take root in your heart right now. Maybe ponder that reality, gratitude. It, it just, it's, 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 it's a fact. It, 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 it attracts attacks. And friend, right now, some, maybe you're watching and you, and you heard that and you're, there's like a sense of relief. Maybe, maybe the enemy has been lying to you <laughs> that you're the, you're the reason. You're, you're the reason why this is happening to you. Something, you, it's, because of, it's because of your unfaithfulness to God or, or, or what have you. Just You brought this on yourself when, when really it's the complete opposite. You've just been doing what God's called you to do and loving him and, and you still feel it. But there's some sense of relief like, oh, that makes sense now. So be free, my friend. Be free, my brother. And not, not I, 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 I don't want to say it to you that the, the attacks are coming like so you live in fear and it's just a, okay, this is how it is. And then know that we're all in this together. We're called to have each other's backs. And what I've been, I've just been so blessed to be a part of a, a body of believers called Church for All Nations that we've been practicing this. Have, have we messed up from time to time during this season? Of course. Have, have, we, have we hurt each other? Through, of course, we're human, we're broken. But there's not a spirit of division here whatsoever. Spirit of unity. Christ, his spirit unites us. And I believe because we've pursued that, we've actually gotten stronger. We've been able to move forward to what God's called us to do. But Maybe that's you today. I want to pray for you if you're experiencing those attacks. In Jesus' name. Gratitude, it seeks God's strategies. I, I, I do not want to make decisions for myself, for people that I have influence over by what I think we should do or how I feel. No, no, no. I need God's strategies. I need his word. I need insight from the Holy Spirit. So maybe that's your prayer today. You say, Pastor, that's my heart, but I haven't been living like that. I, I have been trying to figure, figure all this out on my own. And today, Pastor, I'm just gonna submit my life to pursuing the strategies in God's word and the voice of the Holy Spirit that before I make decisions, I stop. 
I get together with my spouse, my, my children, my small group, my, my, my mentors, my colleagues, and we go to you. Just like in this story, Jehoshaphat, the leader, stops and says, no, 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 I'm not going to react to these enemies coming after me. I'm going to focus on God and I'm going to get direction, advice. Scripture says I got, he, he went to God for advice, clarity, direction. That's our, that's our prayer today, Lord. Maybe, maybe you want to pray that for your own life and your own family. And ultimately, as we pursue this gratitude thing, it will release residual results. I mean, it's going gonna, it's gonna to pass on to your kids. Man, I got two little ones right now. They're watching everything I do. Everything I do. I, I, I'll even catch myself, you know, uh, in the kitchen and I'm having a conversation with my wife and, you know, little, little ears, you know what I'm talking about? There's kind of, right? And I'm like, oh, wait, wait a second. Like, I gotta, I gotta be a little bit more intentional with my words, you know what I'm saying? And I want you to know, friend, once again, not to freak you out, but if you've got your Jesus Christ t-shirt, if you wave the flag that I'm a follower of Christ, I'm telling you, people are watching you. They want to see how you're going to react right now. When we come out on the other side of this pandemic thing, I'm telling you, I, I will be able to stand with my, with my shoulders back, right? Chest out, knowing that we listened to God. Our eldership, we, we, we went to God with every decision we made. We got direction. I, I, I'll be proud to know that we didn't quit in this community, close everything up and close up shop. Not only did we not do that, we, we, we've been leaning in that much more. By, by January, we will have fed over 100,000 people. Think about that. People have been coming to Christ through the internet right now. We get emails. I've been getting phone calls of how through this time and through the pursuit of Jesus and staying in community, pastor, my marriage is totally healed. It's fixed. I received my physical healing in Jesus' name because I didn't run this way. I, I, I kept my eyes on him and stayed in community with other followers of Jesus. I'm telling you right now, man, someone in your community, when the vaccine's here and we're back to normal, you watch, someone's gonna come to you in your office or wherever you're at, your school, and say, you know what? I want you to know I'm interested in that Jesus guy that I know who you follow because I watched how you walked through that season. And because of that, what, what time does your service start? I'll, I'll be there. What, what, what's the link? What's the link to your Zoom small group? I'll be, I'm telling you, you can pass this thing on. It gets into people, right? That's my prayer for you today. Come on, let's pray, Lord. Pray for my friend right now watching. Maybe, maybe you're watching right now. And you say, Pastor, I just, I want to take a minute and just give my life to Christ. You've been speaking right to me. And it's not you, it's the Holy Spirit. His word is, has resonated with me today. And something's going on inside me. My friend, I want you to know that what's going inside of you is this, is this word conviction. Not by me. My role as a follower of Jesus is to not try to convict you. That's the Holy Spirit's role. My role is to simply present the gospel to you and to pray for you and to love you and allow the Holy Spirit to do that thing that's happening inside of your, your heart right now. And that's a good thing. That's the Holy Spirit. And, and I, I encourage you that instead of turning from that, running in the other direction, embrace it.
and accept the fact that that's God saying, come home, daughter. That's God saying, I love you, son. Say, pastor, I want to accept God right now. I want to make peace with God. In Jesus' name, I want to accept Christ in my life. Do it right now. Just say, Lord, come into my life. You know all the details. You know the problems and pain that I have. I accept you in Jesus' name. I repent of my sin. We have all fallen short of the glory of God. We are all sinners, saved only by what Jesus did on the cross. And so God, I accept that. I believe in you. That is the requirement of salvation. Jesus says, believe. The book of John, believe and be saved. Come on, the believers that are watching right now, pray for that person who's making the biggest decision of their life right now. Lord, we're praying right now for pe people that are watching, maybe, maybe in Puyallup, maybe in Lakewood, maybe across the globe. God, whoever that person is, in Jesus' name, we pray for them. Jesus' name. One more prayer, and then we're gonna wrap up. Maybe you're watching and you say, Pastor, like the light came on, finally. Like it makes sense now. The, the attacks, the battles that I, I feel like Maybe, maybe one fizzles out. <laughs> maybe there's clarity, but like <laughs> there's one more waiting for me. I understand what's going on. So pastor, pray for me right now that I would be able to face whatever comes my way. To not try to white knuckle it, fix it on my own. Pray for me that I would focus on God, get advice from him, Submit to what he's saying, what he's doing and have an overflow of gratitude from my heart. Lord, let it be so on my friend right now. I pray it in my own heart, Lord Jesus. Like we talked about last week, may we see through the lenses of thanksgiving. It even changes what we're looking at. So God, I pray for my friend right now in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Thanks again for joining us. To hear more messages like this one, be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel. For more content and to connect with us, go to cfan.church.